Good morning. This is Pastor Randy Anderson of This Is For You Ministries. God has been so good to us and he is speaking to us through his word about challenges that we, the church, face every day. One of our biggest challenge is how to discern a believer. Have you ever wondered why folks who confess that they believe in Christ or believe in God and their life does not line up with the scriptures? Are they really a believer? How do we who really believe help them to see that they do not believe by way of the scripture? But the real question is, do we know what the scripture reveals about the believer? We will use John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39 as our scripture reading that we will spring forth this thought of understanding about. And it reads in John chapter 7, beginning at verse 37, it says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Amen. Let us have prayer. Fathers, in Jesus' name, dear God, we come before you, dear Lord, this morning. We thank you once again for this opportunity to speak to this, thy people. And so, Lord, we speak, dear Lord, Father, with the guidance of the Holy Spirit to be able to understand from your eternal bound word what we, the believers, should do to be able to counteract those who are not truly believers. Lord Father, it's not that we go against war against anyone along this line, but we want to be in obedient and have an understanding clearly of who the true believers really are. Lord Father, it's time out for us to stop, Lord, just accepting people at word and not realizing from the scripture how we should really be looking at this. And so, Lord, give us the understanding, dear Lord Father, as we go into your word this day, Father, that we may follow it and obey it. Dear Lord, that you would be glorified in the midst thereof. Have your way into all things both said and done. For we ask you, dear God, this morning in Jesus' name we pray and say amen and amen. From our scripture reading, the Feast of Tabernacle was about to end. This feast was established by God to be celebrated in the seventh month on the 15th day for seven days. The scripture state that each day there was an offering to be made, and one of the offering is a drink offering. It was on the last day of this feast that Jesus stood to declare a revelation about himself from the scripture in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1, which says, Hold everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters, and he that has no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Amen. The scripture states that if any man thirsts, that he should come to Jesus and drink. He is the water that our soul thirsts for. In verse 38, he proclaimed that if anyone believed on him, according to scripture, that a certain thing would take place in that person's life. Whatever the scripture said about that thing in their lives can be referenced back to the scriptures. Amen. It can be referenced back to the scripture. So the title of our message this morning is 
he that believeth on Christ according to the scripture. He that believeth on Christ according to the scripture. In the time in which we live, believing in Christ has taken on a different meaning or a different outcome than what God had intended. Our adversary, the devil, has wrought a great deception in the earth with this simple word, believe. Believe. For instance, there are those who would say, I believe in Christ or I believe in God, but would not live by what Christ or God says in his word that should be lived out in their lives. There are those who would say, I believe in Christ or believe in God, but would not love God's people nor his neighbors. There are those who would say, I believe in Christ and them, or I believe in God, but won't go to church nor visit the sick. There are those who say, I believe in Christ or I believe in God, but from only the Old Testament teaching. There are those who would say, I believe in Christ or I believe in God, but only the words of Christ in red in the New Testament. There are those who would say, I believe in Christ or I believe in God, but will not hate the evil that God hates, but will support the agenda of evil men to say we have to be fair to all people. And the list go on and on and on. A real believer knows that all that they are, and all that they do and say must have affirmation. This affirmation comes from the word of God. It is God's word that backs up the real believer and the things that they do and say. There are 11 points that the scripture would show forth about he that believeth on Christ according to the scripture. Well, let me just list them out for you. The first point is he that believeth in Christ has accepted the gospel message. Point number two would be he that believed in Christ has the remission of sins. Number three, he that believed in Christ has received the spirit of God. Number four, he that believed in Christ has been declared righteous by God. Number five, he that believed in Christ is not condemned. Number six, he that believed in Christ is born again or born of God. Number seven, he that believed in Christ has everlasting life. Number eight, he that believed in Christ shall not dwell in darkness. Number nine, he that believed in Christ shall never thirst. Number 10, he that believed in Christ has considered Christ to be very precious to him. He that believed in Christ has became an example of the believer. Amen. He that believed in Christ. Only of the 11 points that are founded in scripture, which we just stated, at this time, we will only address two of them. We will only address two of them. So the first one we're going to address would be he that believeth on Christ according to the scripture has accepted the message of the gospel of Christ. Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Now underline that to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This is how the unbeliever becomes a believer. If the unbeliever doesn't accept the message or the report that God states about his son, Jesus Christ, then they are not believers of Christ. I say again, if the unbeliever doesn't accept the message or the report that God states about his son, Jesus Christ, then they are not believers of Christ. It takes power to convert the unbeliever to a believer. 
but he must first accept and respond to the message in order to have true salvation. Someone said, as long as I believe in Christ, that is all that matters to me. And that may be good for you, but let me give you this answer. As a true child of God, as long as you can prove that by scripture, but if, if you can't, then your belief in Christ is not valid. Then your belief in Christ is not valid. The Bible teaches that the message of salvation should precede your belief in Christ. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, in whom also you have trusted. After that, you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that, you believe. And you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Let me read that again. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, In whom also you have trusted. After that, I like that. You have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that, I like that, you believe. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. This verse speaks of four steps to salvation. Four steps. First of all, have faith or have faith in God. That means to trust. Point number two, uh, listen to the gospel message of a cross, which means you heard the word of truth. Point three, acknowledging the message to be true by reacting to the purpose of the message. You believe. Let me stop right there and say it. You, you can only say you believe if you have heard and responded to it. It's not just enough to listen to it. You have to respond to it. That's how you believe. And when you have done that, then God accepts your belief by placing his mark in you, his Holy Spirit, which is what it said in Ephesians, sealed with that Holy Spirit a promise. Amen. He seals you with that Holy Spirit of promise. There is no freedom until you respond to the gospel message. Paul said in Romans chapter 6, verse 16, know you not to whom you yield yourself servants to obey. His servant you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, which means you got a choice. But God be thanked that you were, past tense, the service of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free. How is you free? When you have obeyed from the heart, the form of doctrine or the teaching which was delivered you. What was that? The message of the cross. When you respond to that, then you've been made free from sin and you became the servants of righteousness. Jesus says no one can come to him unless they have heard and learned of the father about him. John chapter six, verse 44 says, no man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up in the last day. We have heard a lot of people quote that verse very often. And I must say, it's true what it said, but they have taken it out of its content because they have not included verse 45 with it when they testify on it. It says, for it is written in the prophet and they shall all be taught of God. And every man, therefore, that has heard and has learned of the father will come to me. So what are you saying, pastor? 
This is an intellectual, intellectual decision to be made by you and not an emotional one. I say again, this is an intellectual decision that you must make to be a, be a believer and not an emotional one. If the unbeliever doesn't first accept the message of, of Christ for salvation, then whatever they say about themselves, being a believer is not valid by scripture. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, even if they become involved in church service, it's not valid. This is Satan's deceptive attack, which will cause them to lose their soul for all eternity. Accepting Christ after you have heard and respond to the message is the starting point of having a relationship with God the Father. Amen. Amen. That's all for that point. Let's go to the second point that we want to bring out. Which is, Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer. Believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. It's one thing to say, I believe in Christ, but it's another thing to put on display your belief in Christ. To do so is for others to see what God has formed in you. Paul told young Timothy to be an example of the believers. Example means a figure formed by a blow or an impression. That is what God has done to every disciple of Christ. He has formed a figure in them by the things that they had to suffer. And they didn't run away from the suffering because God used it to make them become stable and become an example to the world and to the church of how this thing ought to be done. He said, you need to be an example in word. Word means a doctrine sense of a type of Christ from the scripture. In conversation means that we need to live before God so that others who believe become a believer can imitate the Christ in you. In charity or in love means to demonstrate fervently that it got paid love so that others would know that you are for real. In spirit means the vital principle by which the body is animated to show that Christ dwells in you. In faith means that your, that your trust in the Lord is seen in your victorious life. And by it, you declare that God is real and not a figment of your imagination. Impurity means that we display that sinlessness life of Christ. I know a lot of people don't believe that you can live a life free of sin, but this is what this means in purity, that you can display the sinless life of Christ before others. In conclusion, as we conclude, what did we learn about this believing in Christ? So only three simple steps and we're closed. Our belief in Christ is validated only by what the scriptures state and what our lives display before others of what the scripture says we should be doing or saying. Point number two, if we believe in Christ, then we should have salvation. Salvation is attained by having faith in hearing the message of the cross. Once you have heard, our belief is in Christ is valid. 
once you have heard and responded, is what I should say, then our belief in Christ is valid. Once we are a believer and have grown to become an example for others to follow. See, once you come into this new relationship, the Bible says we start off as a newborn babe. So we have to grow into example to become an example. We have to grow. There's some things we have to learn that we have to take on. And there's some things in our lives we need to know that we have to take off so that God in all things that we do could be glorified. Fathers, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, dear Lord God, for this opportunity. As we close out this session, we pray, dear Lord Father, that much was said, dear Lord Father, to our audience to get them, Lord, to consider to think in their mind, do they really believe in you as the scripture says that we should? And if not, Lord, we pray that they would examine themselves, humble themselves and get it right before you, dear Lord God, before it is everlasting too late. Have your way, dear Lord God, with this audience and with the word. For we ask it, dear God, Lord, in Jesus name, we pray and say thank you and hallelujah. Have your way. Thank you.